Well, good evening, everyone. My name's Brian, and today is Monday, July 31st, 2023, and this is another episode of Lots to Talk About. And tonight, it's going to be a pretty quick intro. We know what we're going to be doing here, and uh, we'll get right to it. But tonight, Corey and I are going to recap our three-week trip here that we took most of July. I think we took off, what, July 8th, and uh, took a round trip out to South Dakota and back. So we're going to talk about all the stops we made, all the things we had, highs, lows, um, in between everything. So uh, if you don't know, this is my beautiful wife, Corey. Go ahead, introduce yourself if uh, they don't know you. Hello, I'm Corey. I'm his wife. <laughs> um, can you guys hear her all right? I know I have a big, loud voice and the mic is closer to her, but uh, if you can't hear her, let her know and she can start yelling or we can try to adjust it towards her. Um but anyway, we took a trip. We, we took a trip and uh, we had one major goal, I guess two major goals. Sorry, we got a dog here with a big cone. You ever had to put a cone on a dog? Um, just imagine having to do it on a 107 or 160 pound dog uh, in a camper. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with right now. Um, uh, Fred Farm says yes, and when she looks at you, she looks the right direction on the screen. That's because we're not split screen like Tim. We're not fancy like that. We only have one camera, and uh, we actually uh, are just here looking at each other. So uh, anyway, uh, we had one, maybe two objectives on this trip. Um, what were they? Do you want to tell them what we were doing this for? Yeah, the main goal was to get our South Dakota residency. Since we left Minnesota, we've just been kind of floating free with no uh, no real home. So it was a important step to to getting this nomad journey started. Yeah, yeah. So we getting residency, and by that we were going to get driver's licenses. We have an address in South Dakota, and then we were going to get our vehicles. Um, registration so plates and things transferred to south dakota and um still in the works we didn't get it done so sneak peek but uh, didn't get our insurance piece done quite yet still working through some of the things with that but uh as far as our goals were yeah the south dakota's a residency and then to make it back to tennessee i think was the one we kind of joked about but uh Man, the closer we got to be getting back, the the more it seemed like maybe that wasn't just a given. So, um, yeah, do you want to, should we talk about kind of the, the overall stats for the trip and then go, sure. go uh, piece by piece? Um, well, it was a just under three week trip. It was 20 days. We left July 8th. Um, the morning of July 8th, on a Saturday morning, we got back uh, July 28th, which uh, in midday. So uh, Saturday to three weeks, just shy of three weeks. So uh, we did 3,000 miles, um, just under, probably just under 3,000 miles. We were going back and uh, recalculating as we, as we looked at things after the fact. We didn't keep exact mileages. Uh, we always plan our trips day to day. Uh, the the night before the next trip, we kind of do 
numbers and maps and all that stuff and figure everything out. And we just never recorded it at the end. We added it up and it was close enough. So 3000, um, <laughs> Pip says, uh, what was the overall fuel mileage? <laughs> um, dude with a super duty, uh, F-250 super duty, uh, pulling a eight to 9,000 pound camper. It's uh, minimal. It's, um, well, I get let's less, see. Like I get, 200 miles ish to a tank before I want to fill up. And yeah. About 200 miles. Yeah. We go about 200 miles. That, that puts us between half and, and, um, <laughs> and then, um, so that would get us 200 miles, about probably 20 gallons, uh, 10 miles, 10, eight, eight, eight to 10, somewhere in there, uh, when we're hauling. So we don't really, I mean, we don't really keep track. <laughs> to, to be honest, uh, we know when we got to get gas. It, it's so variable between going uphill, downhill, wind. Um, that yeah, it's uh, it's a crapshoot. And so we just we watch our gauges and we know when we got to get it. So there you go. That's uh, that's your answer, Pip. But uh, three thousand miles, twenty days. Uh, we tried we tried to sit down as much as we could. Uh, we met up with Corey's parents along the way. So we had uh, some unusual conditions on this trip. We had a long way to go and we wanted it to get done um, as fast as we could or in a reasonable amount of time to get back here for some things in Tennessee. So we did a four-day trip, a four-day stretch of driving. Uh, then we sat down for four days. We did uh, one-day travel and sat down for four days. And then we did five days in a row, which um, never again, never again, unless we really, really um, have to. But yeah, five days. And then we sat for four days and then two days to get home. Uh, there were some things along the way that we had to do. And that's why we had to sit down. Uh, and others were just uh, random choices that we, we did. So, yeah, I, I think that's kind of the overall uh, stats of the trip. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you want to go stop by stop, I guess? Yeah, we left our spot here in Saltillo, Tennessee, and headed off to Oakdale, Illinois, which was our first stop. And that was a site that we had been to before. They had actually called us right before we were going to head to that one and said, hey, there was some damage at your site. There's a tree in it. We have to cancel. And we were like, can we just park anywhere there? We don't need anything, just somewhere on your property. Um, and so they were able to get us into a different site um, at that same spot, just a different one that we had been in before, which was kind of fun to park at a different spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, um, it's the tough part with hip camp and, and booking such a long trip like that and having all the dominoes have to fall for everything to work. Um, if we had had to find a new place to stay, um, they're few and far enough in between that there's a chance that we're either going to be driving an extreme long distance if we have to go somewhere else or uh, in the wrong direction, things like that, uh, just to find another site. But um, yeah, this one was what, 250 miles to Oakdale? Yep, 250 miles. And then we got close to that site and we started having issues with our GPS okay. right off the bat. So it tried to take me down this super skinny farm access road, dirt yeah. farm access road, basically. Um, luckily we could see on the map the way we came in the last time we were there, we could see which roads it was. So we just drove up to those and took the way that we knew, but 
yeah, GPS wanted me to go on some sketchy roads for our rig. Yeah, and we use so we use two different GPS methods. We use Google Maps um, on one phone, and then we also have a paid subscription to RV Life, which. Man, I don't know if that's going to get renewed. Um, I don't think that's a glowing recommendation for them by any means. But uh, so we have um, we have um, we have those two going. And on this trip, man, uh, over and over and over, they would contradict each other. Uh, there were things that we didn't like that, um, you know, we uh, it would change routes on us while we were driving. We would plan out our route the night before. We would pick that route on Google Maps when uh, when we would take off and halfway through it would say, oh, we're rerouting you. Uh, and the default option was it for it to pick the new route um, because it was a minute less. Well, we had referenced uh, size capacity of the roads and weight limits and things like that. And it um, it would just change it. So we struggled with GPS. That's something that we're going to work on between now and any uh, new trips. But that was the beginning of the GPS. Uh, that was the beginning of the GPS issues was. And, and luckily, yeah, like you said, it was a repeat site. And we knew where were we going, where we were going. And we knew the names of the streets because we've actually been there three, three times, three <laughs> times now. So we really like this one. This is a um, this is a, a, a good stop for us. We really like it if we're heading north out of Tennessee in this general area. That is where we stay. So. Uh, it was good to be go there and get to stay there. So, um, and then we had that schoolie, a schoolie pulled in that was yep. pretty cool. Um, they had like a real wood door on it and <laughs> yeah. everything, like it was set up. And they, uh, or they called it Venture Schoolie or something. They had yeah, it was on the it. it was on the fridge for a while. But yeah, Adventure Schoolie, I think they were um, a family that went on road trips in the summer in their schoolie and then lived at home. Um, most of the time. And then on the summers, they would, they built out a schoolie. I think they're uh, planning on building out some other things too, from the looks of their social media. Uh, but we went to bed with those two and I had a little freak out moment in the middle of the night. I got up and uh, went out to go pee and um, there were lights flashing all over. I was like, you know, when you fall asleep for an hour and you wake up and you think you've been asleep for like six hours and you're all discombobulated. Yeah. There's lights flashing all over. I thought it was aliens or something. Uh, just kind of ignored it. That's uh, that's how um, that's how out of it I was. Went back into the camper, went to sleep, and the next morning I realized it was tenters uh, sent, setting up their tent with headlamps and flashlights. So I uh, woke up with a schoolie and, uh, and a, a tenters there, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty easy stay. That's a, we really like that site for easy in and easy out. Yeah, it's got a nice spot to walk the dogs. They mow a big area, and they have some trails through the woods and stuff too, so... It's nice to have somewhere to walk those guys. But Yeah, Gingerbread says, get the trucker GPS. It routes for bridges, weights, and stuff you enter, uh, your rig info, and make sure you fit. Yeah, that's that's what uh, this RV life is supposed to do. Uh, I do put it parameters in, and uh, for some reason, it just goes sideways. Corey was wondering if I didn't have the app updated or something. We went through everything, and then we started uh, digging in on socials, and it seems that other people have the same issues with uh, with that same app. So I don't know. I guess you can uh, go on, plan your route online in your account, and then download the, the offline directions to your app, and that might be end up what we do. So. I don't know. Then we uh, that was easy stay. We took off. We had uh, we had four days in a row to go uh, to get up south 
South Dakota, and uh, then where'd we go? Yeah, then we went to another 270 miles and stopped in Bait City, Missouri. And this was a really cool site. Um, it was a big gravel parking area, big enough that we could easily turn around and park any way we wanted. And they had a donkey that I got to play with, which was awesome. He had just lost his friends. And so we gave him two of our old jolly balls that we had for the dogs that we've just been traveling with and they've been getting in the way. So hopefully he's enjoying those wherever he is. Yeah. And we, uh, we got to, I asked the owner, we, we'd been, uh, if you follow the, the morning show, you know that uh, Tennessee doesn't have any pizza anywhere in the state. Not that we found it laced. And so we, I asked the owner, I said, Hey, uh, we're really craving some pizza. Is there any place I can go get some pizza? Cause we just didn't want to cook. And, uh, she's like, yeah, there's this place. It was like, what, 25 miles away. I mean, a little bit of a jaunt to uh, go get pizza, but I went, uh, ordered the pizza, got to have some good beer at the, at the bar. It was a micro brew too. It teamed up with this pizzeria and I uh, brought it home and it was phenomenal. So got that pizza craving, uh, scratched a little bit and, um, yeah, that was good. The donkey was good. Really nice, uh, really nice sight. And then, um, yeah, we got up the next morning, um, we had a shorter drive, I think. Did we go? Yeah, yeah we only had to go 200 miles the next day. Uh, so we were going to wait a little longer. So we weren't early for our check-in. Um, we checked our check-out time and it was at noon. And so we got ready and we were sitting. We're getting ready to pack up. Uh, we had about, what, probably half hour, 45 minutes pack up and, and head out. And um, all of a sudden somebody rolls in. Rolls in the parking lot and uh, goes to uh, and and proceeds to inform me that we were in her spot, um, and uh, I didn't take kindly to it. But to um, avoid any confrontation, because I wasn't super positive that the checkout wasn't at eleven, and I didn't have time to open up my laptop and look, we just packed up. We got out of the way. Said, "Excuse me." Um, she was not very friendly about it or anything. She just sat in her truck and stared at us. Uh, and we moved, did our safety checks uh, up in the driveway and come to find out um, check-in was at 11 and check-out was at 12. So she can suck a dick. And, um, and it, she didn't park where we were anyway. So. Yeah, she didn't even end up parking where we uh, where we ended up, where we moved from. So that was a little irritating. Um, that was I the guess, first time we really had anything like that happen to us. That was the first time I've ever had an interaction at a hip camp where where the person, the host, or another camper has been anything other than uh, super friendly, accommodating, and uh, welcoming. So thank you. Thank you for that first experience. Uh, so we took off from there, uh, and we were a little fired up, I guess. I was, at least. Uh, <laughs> and where did we go next, Corey? So then we took another 200 miles and we went to Nebraska City, Nebraska. And that was um, that was a horse ranch. Yep. Yep, that was a horse ranch. And he had um, all sorts of like horse arenas and all sorts of uh, indoor, barns. Indoor, yeah. outdoor, re indoor arenas, outdoor arenas. Uh, they had a nice pond on site. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of really good RV parking. Uh, they... They kind of were really set up for people coming in horse trailers with living quarters and parking and staying while they did the horse stuff, I think. Uh, but yeah, nice flat spot, plenty of room to pull, turn around. 
when we see horse trailers, we get excited because we know they have an idea of what we're dealing with, with our huge trailer. Uh, a lot of people don't understand how much room we need to turn around, how heavy we actually are. And uh, when they say, oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, there, that's plenty of room. Uh, go ahead. It's plenty hard, things like that. It, it, a lot of times it just doesn't work out that way. So, yeah. And we got to see the horses. I got to go over and see all the horses that were penned up and we attracted some flies. We started to get yeah. a bunch of black flies at this site. And, you know, and, I, and it was the site that we met Wayne, um, a community member from another community that I interact with uh, over at the All Around Growth uh, community with Rob Kaiser, a guy in, in his community named Wayne. Um, I, I kind of remembered he was from Nebraska. I sent him a message, said, hey, dude, uh, how far are you from Nebraska City? He said like 20 minutes, jumped in his car, came over, hung out for a while. That was really cool. Um, great chat. And we had some fun there. Uh, and um, yeah, we started picking up flies. Um, we thought it was something we did. We thought that there was an infestation. Um, yeah, not so much. Like it, it, it was, um, it'll be an ongoing theme in this discussion. So it was just out of, all of a sudden there were so many. <laughs> Um, James asked, uh, you haven't come across any full timers that are on the run from the law yet. And his research says that that's common. Um, I don't ask, man, it doesn't matter to me. I certainly have, um, I certainly have gone through the mental gymnastics of this would really be possible if I didn't want to be known. Uh, I think looking at where we stay, how we stay, how we pay, uh, things like that. Uh, there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of room there for, for anonymity. And um, I can see why, but I don't care. I, none of my business. They're not hurting me. I don't give a shit what their, their story is. So um, yeah, let's uh, just talk about how you're doing today. And then he also asked, have you ever considered any memberships like Outdoor Adventures or some other nationwide park club? Um, no, that's akin to a timeshare, man. It's uh, from all our research, it's uh, not not all it's cracked up to be. And we don't like staying in campgrounds. Um, that is our last choice of someplace to stay. So uh doesn't really benefit us. I, I We could get a national parks pass, but uh, that would only be worth it if we were actually on the move for probably the whole year, I would say. But anyway, we picked up some flies in Nebraska and uh, where, ne where next? Yeah, then we went another 250 miles to Monroe, South Dakota. And <laughs> that was um, Uncle B's hip camp and what was it? Uncle B's farm and farm hip camp. And hip camp. That's what it was. Uncle B's farm and hip camp. And we stayed there for four days. Yep. And that's where we met up with my parents and they camped right next to us. Yep. When we yep. got there. We so. uh, picked up two, two full hookup RV spots uh, to camp with them. We were meeting up with them to get some documents to get our, um, our residency. We were meeting up with them to get our mail uh, that, that they had been accumulating for us and to see them and say hi. And what a perfect place because we had to go to South Dakota to get our residency um, we could go anywhere in the state to do our driver's licenses. Any driver's license office in the state of Minnesota, or in the state of South Dakota. Um, and this site was what, like four hours from their house? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a pretty short drive. It was just a morning drive for them. 
Uh, so they came over and that's what we did. We hung out with uncle B. What a fantastic hip camp that he has there in Monroe, uh, South Dakota, uh, South Dakota state hip camp of the year. Uh, one year runner up the next year, the year he was runner up, he was sixth in the nation, I think for, uh, hip camps. So he's doing it right. Uh, hopefully, uh, maybe hook up and do some work with uncle B here in the future, but a uh, great guy, super nice. Definitely knows what he's got going on. Uh, really enjoyed his place. Uh, there were a ton of animals uh, for Corey there to see every day with her mom in the morning, in the evening. Um, the campers were fantastic there. Everybody was polite. Uh, it was a campground-ish. Uh, there were multiple RV sites and then a lot of tent sites there. It was fine. It was fine. It was, it was good. The dogs really adapted well to having people around, and uh, it was an enjoyable stay. And we got our driver's licenses. And they had a great shower for us to use. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had an awesome shower. Um, if you follow the show, you know we're um, always seeking a nice shower, uh, anything opposed to the, the RV shower. And um, Uncle B had a cool uh, little clubhouse and shower facility. Had two huge um, shower rooms, private, with a shower, a toilet, sink, and uh, you could clean up. And then he had an outdoor kitchen and a little clubhouse with some um, video games and games and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it was it was great. Um, got uh, the driver's licenses. That was cool. We had a little bit of issue. Um, one issue was we went to a small town one and found out that they're there one day a month, yeah. I think. Uh, so the people from the city come out to the to the, the the small county office buildings like once a month. And that's when you have the opportunity to do all your DMV stuff, unless you want to drive to the bigger cities, which we did. Um, and then come to find out, uh, I have never changed my name. I've never gotten a new name. I've never um, done anything like that. So I was unaware that uh, you need your marriage certificate, um, even though you have your social security card with your maiden name and you have your birth certificate with your maiden name and you have your driver's license with your married name and your uh, social security card with your married name. And in order to get any of the, all of those documents, you need your marriage certificate, but you need your marriage certificate along with all the documents to get it. Um, Corey may have mentioned it. I said, I don't know. I didn't see it anywhere on the stuff. And when we got there, they said, what did they say? You have to have it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, an hour round trip. Uh, that was, it was what it was. We got back. Super impressed. South Dakota hands you your driver's license and you get it. Not you go, you get your picture taken, you pay for it, you do all that. And then six to eight weeks, it shows up in the mail. You literally hand them all the paperwork and they print it out and hand it to you. Still warm. still warm. It was still warm when they handed it to you. Unbelievable. It was great. Um, another thing that I really liked about the DMV in South Dakota was you walked in, uh, you told them what you were there to do. They made sure you had all the proper documentation, all the paperwork, gave you the right forms to fill out, and then gave you a number. This is opposed to the, um, what's the county there, the other county uh, on the other side? The county. The county where uh, we live. 
<laughs> the county treasurer uh, the, where we had where I had to go get the vehicles next. I will tell you uh, what happened there and uh, how crazy that was. So um, let's see these guys. Uh, Corey's laughing because she was right. Tennessee does too. Um, may have mentioned it. <laughs> I knew somebody was going to catch up with that. And Corey's nodding because she read that G Brad said she was right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I may have been a little irritated about that and um, the whole logical fallacies <laughs> behind it and um, not the fact that my wife was right. But anyway, uh, stayed with Uncle B for four days. Uh, Corey's parents decided they were going to uh, rough it with us for two days after that, uh, as opposed to Uncle B's with full hookups, water, electric. Um, we now were going to a gravel pit. Uh, in Western South Dakota that had nothing. It had, it was a gravel pit. There were no water hookup, no electric, no sewer, uh, no nothing really. Uh, it was definitely flat uh, because it was just dry, flat. And uh, so we took off. How many miles across? I think yep, that was 300 miles from Monroe to Wasta. That's where we ended up staying. Wasta. So, yep, Wasta, Wasta, South Dakota. Uh, the owner was upset that it's listed as Wasta because it's actually in Wall, South Dakota. So if you've ever heard of Wall Drug, um, yes, it's about 10 miles. And the, the, the city limits of Wall is like 10 mile radius. It was the next exit. It was the next exit. But they lived, uh, she was like, we live on this side of the river. We are in Wall, but her address comes up as Wasta. So she's like, nobody knows anything in Wasta. Uh, it's not Mount Rushmore. It's not Wall Drug. Uh, yeah, but anyway, gravel pit, gravel pit was fun. Gravel pit was fun. I ended up taking a trip with my parents to see Mount Rushmore because Brian needed a work day and he was just like losing his mind. And so he, <laughs> I may, I may have been a little stressed out. This was, this had been now a week that I hadn't really done anything, um, productive with the podcast. I'd done my show every morning. But none of the social media, none of the, the other stuff I do on a daily basis. And it was wearing on me. I was getting very anxious, uh, forgetting that I was or thinking I was forgetting stuff uh, and things like that. Corey was kind enough and said, hey, you should probably stay home with the dogs. And I'm going to go with my parents. And yeah, I got three hours of work done. And I was a different man when she got back. But I had seen Mount Rushmore when I was a kid, so it was kind of fun to see it again as an adult. And I was probably eight or ten when we went as kids, and so it was a fun trip to take again. And then we also went and saw the wall drug situation, yeah. I guess. Is what it's like a block <laughs> of one store that you yeah. walk in, and it's, yeah. And so we were actually hoping to get some, we both wanted a new pair of moccasins and we thought, well, maybe they'll have some at Wall Drug, but all they had there was Minnetonka moccasins. So I was disappointed and we did not get any. No moccasins. Aww. We did get a good meal. Uh, salty steer. If you're ever in at Wall Drug, uh, if you're ever driving, what is that? 90, 80, I don't know. I 80, um, whatever road that is that goes across South Dakota past Wall Drug. If you're on that and you swing in, the salty steer is that what it was? Salty, salty steer. steer. I think it was, uh, it, was yeah. it was pretty good. It, a really higher end bar food burger burger type place that uh, food was phenomenal. Um, so another thing about the the gravel pit was the rock hounding was pretty cool. 
Uh, I only got a couple hours to do it, but had a nice haul of some really cool rocks that we're actually going to see about getting processed. And um, we're working on that with old scrambling out in Washington. I'm uh, going to mail them a box of rocks and see what happens. Uh, but got some cool rocks. You can check out TikTok and see a video of some of the ones we got. Um, there were cows in the thing. In the Oh, yeah. It was a working ranch. Like the gravel pit was where they kept the bulls, uh, the younger bulls. And every day a herd of cows would walk by uh, kind of down the road and they'd be there. They didn't give two flying shits. We were there. And um, and it was it was what it was. James uh, uh, Pip, Pip says, I'm told Route Rushmore isn't as large as a dude would anticipate. Size? Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. I can see getting there and thinking it would be much bigger than it is. It's really hyped. Yeah. It's amazing when you think about it. Um, I'm a little jaded on the story the more I read into it because I did a lot of research. I was going to do a, uh, a, a Tinfoil Tuesdays on Mount Rushmore. And the more I dug into it, the more irritated I was with the whole situation. So I'm a little jaded on the whole uh, mountain itself. But I've also heard that it's hyped up and it's kind of underwhelming when you get there. But thinking about the feat of actually sculpting it, pretty amazing for when they did it and how they did it. And one quick fact, no one died in the sculpting of that. And there were over 200 men on the crew that worked and did it for it was like 14 years or something. And no one died. So pretty cool, I guess. Um, little, uh, yeah, yeah. So. And since we didn't get to see it, we got him a little souvenir. Yeah, they brought me back <laughs> one of those little sand, uh, little sand sculptures of Mount Rushmore. And I've started trying to take pictures of that at every campsite we go to. So it is what it is. Uh, Gingerbread says, what's so special about Wall Drug? Absolutely nothing. Uh, it is a marketing tourist trap shithole. Um, I shouldn't say that. There's some cool stuff there. Uh, there's some there souvenirs and there, there's, cool, yeah. there's each a little, there's, it's a whole, um, block full of specialty shops and a restaurant. And it started as just a, uh, I think a marketer's dream. Uh, same. I was telling Corey that there's something similar in the border of North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, on the major interstate there, uh, called South of the border. Just billboards for miles and um yeah it is it's a tourist trap um <laughs> uh gingerbread says what about putting the rocks in some water in like a blender bottle and tapping it to taping it to the axle and letting the vibrations work <laughs> i'll just send them to to scrambling <laughs> i got some pretty sweet rocks man and they're they're kind of large so uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he can do. We're hoping to be able to slice some, uh, get some plates and things out of it. So it'd be pretty cool. Uh, and so when we went to Wall Drug, we had to run our air conditioner okay. on the generator, and it worked the whole time we were gone. Five hours, six yep. hours, maybe something like that. Yep. And it was still running when we got back. And then the next day, we went to turn it on and. Yeah, so the like the yep, day, yeah. the next day we were getting ready to turn the air conditioner on. Corey's parents had left. Um, they left, right? We went yep. to the wall, and then they left yep. the next day. Uh, I was starting to get warm. We wanted to go back to wall to get some, some more food at the same place. We wanted to try a couple different things. And um, the air conditioner was tripping out the generator. Um, 
I tried to do some troubleshooting and yeah, no bueno. It, uh, something was going on. I'm not sure what it is yet. Um, we moved on to a site that had power, plug-in power, and it works. I have yet to get out my test equipment and figure it out since our home location that we're staying at for the foreseeable future when it's warm, at least, has uh, shore power. So the air conditioning is working. There is something wrong with it. It's either a compressor, a thermostat, something that is overloading the generator, but allowing it still to run on shore power. So um, that's going to be some upcoming content, uh, figuring that out. We struggled with that the rest of the way. Uh, lucky enough, uh, we were able to hit sites that we didn't have power on days that were cool enough that we were able to run with fans. So it works. It works. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, what do we got? You also broke the tailgate there. Oh, yeah. That's where the tailgate stopped working. So, yeah, this is um, you saw the thumbnail we put up there. It was a, uh, a beat up boxer, but victorious beat. <laughs> Beat to hell, but uh, made it to the end and won. Uh, that's what we felt like rolling in here. Uh, yeah, that Friday, when, last Friday, a few days ago when we rolled in, uh, it was kind of a sigh of relief that we actually made it back. Uh, this is where things started going wrong. This is where things started going sideways. Uh, the tailgate locked up on the truck. The air conditioner stopped working on the generator and the flies kept getting worse. The flies got worse at Uncle B's. The flies got worse in the pasture. Um, and, and Uncle B's is where we realized it wasn't us, though, because my parents yeah, had flies. Yeah, at Uncle also. B's, we re reassured that it wasn't <laughs> us and our smelly asses that was attracting the flies because they had them in their camper, too. And they were not, um, they were definitely not. Um, they didn't have holes in their screens and yeah, yeah, like yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, we're like, well, it's because we have holes the size of baseballs in our screens. So that's where we get the bugs. But. All right. So that was kind of the first half of the trip. Um, while we were in Wasta, I went to get our vehicles registration, Pennington County. Ah, that... uh, yes. There you go. So in Pennington County, our address is in Box Elder, South Dakota. We have a mailbox and a, a spot at a campground. And I use that term very, very, very loosely. It's a parking lot um, at a building that has a bunch of mailboxes. I have a mailbox there. That makes me a uh, able to get a um, non uh, non physically residing residency in South Dakota. I can fill out an affidavit. Corey and I are planning on going back to South Dakota after our uh, after we're done traveling. Um, so we are uh, South Dakota residents. The, the driver's license, like I mentioned before, we could do anywhere in the state. The registration for the vehicle and the trailer had to be done in the county that you're a resident of. That is why we had to make the trip to the, the gravel pit. We're glad we did. Uh, Corey's parents got to experience boondocking for the first time and going without uh, hookups. They had never done that with their camper and realized that everything worked great for them uh, with the equipment they had. So they're gonna try to do that more. So that was a great experience. And we also got to do the rock hounding. We'll likely go back there to do more of that. Um, I know Brian wants to stop there on his travels and do some there. And we got our trailer's license um, and our license plates. When I mentioned the DMV and having um, their shit together, 
and and kind of um, screening the people before they give them a number and make them wait in line. Uh, the Pennington County Treasurer's Office is not that. Uh, I went by myself. I was able to be, uh, the, everything was in my name enough that I could just do it myself. Uh, I went, I walked up to the front of the building and I saw a line that looked like a mile long. And this was the line to wait in line to go and maybe find out that you didn't have all the information you needed to um, transfer your registration and transfer your and get your new license plate. Uh, I waited in line, I think it was an hour and a half. Uh, oh, hey, we're back. Um, I was an hour and a half waiting in line with a bunch of people. There was a lady behind me with four kids. I thought that was going to be an absolute disaster, but it turned out okay. They were very well behaved. I was super impressed. But uh, the amount of people that waited in line that I saw turn away without what they were there to do boggled my mind. And I was scared for the whole hour and a half that I was going to get to the front of the line and find out that I didn't have a piece of information, that I didn't have um, anything. And, oh, man, I would. But one trip, one trip and done. I got it done. Um, stopped at our mailbox place. Got to see that. Uh, realized I don't ever want to stay there. Uh, I would much rather stay at Wasta and drive a half an hour to get my mail if I have to. Um, but, yeah, it was a, it was a good trip. South Dakota is beautiful. I really, really, really like that area. Uh, the Black Hills, uh, Western South Dakota. Eastern South Dakota was meh. Uh, the campground made it. But the Western, man, the, the views are great. And I really want to visit that area again. So. And the gas stations in South Dakota were really nice, um, big space to pull our rig in. Almost every gas station we saw, we could have easily fit into. So that was a big thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. The gas stations, uh, the gas stations on the interstate. I don't know if it's the interstate or just South Dakota in general. They were uh, great. Um, yeah. 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 Corey, Corey's excited when she gets good gas stations. Um, Gingerbread says uh, kids have the same effect on screen doors. Uh, I got the special roller tool for redoing screens. It was totally worth it. Yeah. That's um, that would be great if I could get them out to put them in. Uh, get the screen frames out of the windows, but our camper for some reason was built. And uh, I think to take the screen frames out, I have to take the whole window out of the camper and um, they have eaten the screen corners. They not only pop them out, then they sit there and nibble on the corners. So there isn't enough screen left to put them back in with the spline. So I know how to fix them. I actually have the tool. I actually have the screen and the spline. Um, and for some reason I can't get the frames out of the fucking windows to do it. So yeah, there's that, uh, had a couple people join us here while we were rambling away. Uh, good evening, Kyle. Uh, I hope you were late because you were working on tinfoil Tuesday episode. Um, welcome. And, um, <laughs> gingerbread says he's always late and he's okay with it as long as it's not his wife being late. And uh, Blake's Lee Acres, how are we doing, Joseph? How are we doing today? And hi, Corey. Uh, they get to say hi to you in person this time. Um, a bunch of jibber jabber here. Hey, how are we doing, Martinson family? How are we doing? Thanks for showing up. Um, kids are rambunctious. So are dogs. So are dogs. So, 
Anyway, so that was the first half of the trip. We accomplished our goals there. That's um, That was uh, the first half. The first half. The second half and the biggest goal was getting back to Tennessee. We have uh, some work to do here. Uh, the, the, um, the Canadian Toolman Tim is going to be coming down here pretty quick. And uh, we're going to be doing some workout on his property. So we wanted to get back and have a little prep time down here, get back in the swig of things. And then Tim's coming down later this month and uh, staying for a while. And uh, so, yeah, we needed to head back. But did we head back, turn around, and come back the way we, we went? No, nope, we didn't. We wanted to check off a few states that we had never been to before. So we got an extra, what did we get, four states on this trip? Six states? Four? We got Nebraska. Yeah, South Dakota. South Dakota. Wyoming. Wyoming. Colorado. Colorado. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Kansas. Kansas. Seven. Seven. Count them. Nebraska, South Dakota, Wyoming, Colorado, Kansas, Kansas, Oklahoma. Seven. Seven? (laughs) Seven new states. Seven new states. Um, Our qualifications for checking states off our list is we spend the night in them. We could spend the night one foot into them. We could spend the night 400 miles into them. Um, as long as it's just a tip, it counts. It is in, and uh, we really push the limits of that on this trip. If you watch our route, we skim into Wyoming. We skim into Colorado. We go in the absolute middle of Kansas, hit the tip of Oklahoma on the way back. Um, yeah, we got seven more states, and I think that brings us to 19. I guess 20 total. 20 total total since we started traveling in the RV. Um, Not quite that many since we launched. Uh, We did take a couple trips prior uh, to make sure we had our shit together. Uh, But 20. We've stayed in 20 out of the 50 states. I don't think we're going to make it to Hawaii, so 49. Anyway, we are on our way back. We headed 250 miles um, to the southwest instead of back to Tennessee the opposite direction of where we should go. And um, yeah, that was in Lingle, Wyoming. And we pulled into the wrong driveway first yeah. and we pulled in and I stopped the truck <coughs> and it was facing this field. And in the field was the biggest cow I've ever seen in my entire life laying it, down. It was laying down <laughs> and she said, Holy crap, look at that cow. And I'm thinking, you know, my wife, my wife will be driving along and say hi to cats say hi to cows. Um, like she gets excited over any animal really. And so I'm like, yeah, right. And I glanced over at this thing and I was like, Oh my God, it was, it was enormous. Um, I was a little busy trying to figure out where we were actually supposed to be. Uh, Corey was a little busy turning around, but we eventually, uh, made it next door to where we were supposed to be. Um, and how'd it go? Yeah, it was good. We pulled right in. They had a big turnaround for us to pull in and park. We had electric hookup and water, so that was good. Um, the big giant cow came right outside our window. It was so fun. They also had two baby calves and a mama cow there yeah. that were adorable and screaming all night long, but so cute. <laughs> yeah, they took them. So they had been out of state, and uh, so mom had been with the calves in pasture, and this was the first night they were pulling uh, the calves. So mom had milk for them in the morning. So they're like, if it gets too loud, let us know. We'll come over and let them back with her. 
but they just mooed back and forth, uh, screaming for each other, especially mom screaming as her teats filled up. And by the morning, she like they said that in the morning they would open the gate. She would run right into the milking room and no shit. They like opened the gate. They didn't even like have to herd her. They opened the door to where she was going to be milked. They opened the gate to the pasture and she like bolted as fast as she could to get uh, hooked up to that milker. Um, but yeah, uh, dipstick. Dipstick, dipstick was the cow next door. Um, Corey said it was huge. Uh, we found out that it had actually been measured uh, for the Guinness Book of World Records for the tallest cow, um, the tallest height on the back of the cow. And it was like three or four years earlier, and it was three inches shy at that point. We, we were thinking, yeah, right, bullshit. Um, and so we had some pictures of this cow. We looked up the, the the tallest cow, and we realized that this cow was probably a good six to seven inches taller than that cow, uh, just from photographs of me and next to the same pole as this thing, and it was way taller than me. Like I'm six five. I think the world's tallest cow record right now is like six foot three, and this thing was taller than me. So we need to get this cow measured. It is not the hip camp owner's cow. It is the neighbor's cow. So if there's anything we can do to get Guinness to just show up and measure this cow, I will I will do what I can because it deserves the recognition. Dipstick is a big old boy, and he was fun to see for sure. Yeah, he came right up to the fence in the morning and greeted us. So, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to see him. They also had a bunch of other animals. They had goats, and they had a chicken pen with one rabbit in it that they yeah angora rabbit one one random rabbit but they um we had some bad weather that night brian went into went into town to get gas oh i had to go get propane oh propane that's what it was we used a bunch of propane while we were boondocking and there was propane fill probably 15 minutes away at a co-op uh i took off went down there and uh there was big storms like we were getting storm alerts on our phone uh, we were right on the edge of it at this co-op. The dude and I were standing out filling the propane. And as I'm rolling up, I'm thinking, these guys are going to just hate me because we're gonna, I'm going to ask them to fill these two 30-pound tanks to fill. And um, I'm thinking it's going to start pouring rain. It looked really nasty. Uh, we stood out there. We filled. The wind blew like a son of a bitch. It would come up like it was just going to absolutely let loose. And then it would die down. We were on the literal edge of the storm. You could look up and see the edge of the clouds uh, going parallel to us. And turns out we got back and later in the evening, we talked to the landowners, came over to do chores. They were showing us pictures of blown out windows literally within a mile of where I was standing, getting those filled. Uh, softball size hail. Like we were that close to like all our solar panels being shattered, truck windows being blown out. Uh, and we didn't even know it. Right. So that's, yeah. uh, yeah, I got a little screwy there a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we were parked on grass there and there was another, it was supposed to rain the next day. So we wanted to get out early so that we could make sure we didn't get stuck in that spot just cause sometimes we tend to get stuck. We do get stuck quite a bit. <laughs> we get, we get stuck more often than I would prefer. So we got out just as it was really starting to rain. We got everything packed up and pulled out just as it was starting to rain. And then we headed out to another, it was another 250 miles to Vernon, Colorado. Now, Vernon, Colorado is in northeastern Colorado, like ranch country. I think it was the sand pasture 
I think it was just Sand Pasture. Is Open Sand Pasture was the name of the, the site. Um, this guy is a dry earth rancher. Basically, they don't give their cows any water or anything like that. They just keep them out on the range and let them fend for themselves. Um, they, um, the guy come to find out after we got there, it has uh, been a drought there for like 15 years. And this year, uh, there's more rain than they've ever had in, uh, in a short period of time. He said there's probably more rain than they've had in the last few years already um, in the last couple weeks. So... What happened when we got close to this place, Corey? Well, it rained almost our entire drive there. And then shortly before we got there, we had been on dirt roads for miles. Yeah, like 15, 20 miles. At least, like yeah. a long, a long ways on some dirt roads. And they were okay. They were wet, but the closer we got, the slushier the roads got. And we started going up a hill. It wasn't it didn't look like that extreme of a hill, but it was a gradual enough hill that we got stuck. Yeah, we were going along. Corey was driving. Corey always drives. Corey has some passenger anxiety, and it's just easier for us that she drives. She's comfortable driving. She does a great job. Uh, we were going along on this dirt road. Uh, it was clay, for sure. Uh, she started sliding a little bit, gave it a little gas, started fishtailing a little bit, and we didn't know how far we had to go. We didn't know what the situation was, and so we just stopped. Uh, once we stopped, we were done, couldn't move. Uh, tried to back up, go forward. We had barely any cell phone signal. It was like SOS uh, mode or one bar back and forth, bouncing back and forth. Uh, we hadn't seen a car really in probably a half hour, 45 minutes. And we didn't know what the hell we were going to do because we were stuck like right in the middle of the road. Um, I got it. Well, so we were on the lane. right. Yeah. We were on the right in the middle of our lane, basically. Yeah. So there was uh, another lane that people could get by. Uh, car drove by, the guy's like, or truck drove by. He went mud bogging past us and then stopped. I went and talked to him. He said he was just there checking on a ranch and uh, he'd see if he could find somebody with a tractor to pull us out. Didn't seem real um, enthusiastic that he was going to be able to find anybody. And so we were standing there. I was trying to send text messages. I finally got a message out to the landowner. He said, I'll be there in 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. He rolled up. He had a big old, uh, what was he, F-250? Yep. F-250 diesel. Uh, he said, what do we think? Can we, uh, if I give you a little tug, do you think we can drive it up the hill together? And I said, I don't know. I, I, don't, have, I don't see any other options. Um, there were, uh, uh, James asked why we don't have a winch. There would have been nothing to winch it to, <laughs> my man. Nothing. Nothing. There wasn't a fence post to winch <laughs> it to. Um, and so we... Um, he hooked on, he took off, he uh, slid a little bit, realized his uh, traction control is on, popped that off and got me moving, got me moving up to a little bit of a better area, unhooked uh, where we had, uh, it was a, like almost a slight downhill uh, to where I could get rolling a little bit. And then I literally mud bogged for two miles, about two miles, like mud bogging like the shit you watch on tv uh, on espn at three in the morning that's what it was with my f-250 and my 35 foot trailer going down this this dirt road uh the guy told us that they had a new grader driver that winter he stripped all the sand off the top of the road and all it was was clay and he said as as you get going further and get closer to his place it gets a little better 
the the traction gets a little better. Uh, so we just rolled it as hard. I mean, like I I think I was impressed with my driving that day. Yeah. Like I uh, we were like assing it. Up oh the yeah. <laughs> like I was back and forth, fishtailing trailers back and forth. Uh, when we got there, it was just like caked in in. Um, um, yeah, it was like in six inches thick on the front of the camper, just caked on. But... Yeah, it was it was bad. Yeah, and so we um, we made it up there. We made it into his site. His site was great. Solid. It was dry and solid. It rained all night. We were worried we were going to sink in. Uh, it was fine. It was a beautiful site out in a pasture. Again, it was a boondocking site. No uh, hookups or anything. We just pulled into a field and set up camp. Uh, there was an outhouse there that he had built that uh, was nice. And um, But they told us, I said, okay, so how do I get out of here? How do we get out of here without stopping? Like, can we just keep going down this road? You said it got better. Um, does it continue to get better? How do I get to pavement? And they said, well, if you keep going on this road, he did the same thing again down in the river bottom. So it's going to get really nice. And then you're going to go down in the river bottom and it's going to be worse than it was where you were stuck. And I said, okay, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go back through what I just came through because I got stuck there. Um, any way else out of here? And he said, um, take a left, take a left. Um, take a left here in a mile, go down. He gave us some directions. He says, then go north when we wanted to go south. He said, you're going to go north about 12 miles and you will hit pavement. He said the roads should be pretty good and dry. Uh, there was another guy that stopped and second that said, yeah, you don't want to go through the river bottom. You don't want to go back this way. Go. This is the best way you're going to make it. So we got up in the morning. We had... Um, what was our next drive? Was a short drive. It was a short drive. Very yeah. short drive the next day, only 175 miles. But we got on the road early. We contacted the next uh, lady. She said we could check in early if we got there early. Um, and we took off. Fingers crossed that we were going to make it to pavement. We were going to go 20 minutes out of the way to follow the directions of the landowner, the guy that drives the roads every day, uh, to get us to pavement and not get stuck again. So we loaded up and I said, hey, Corey, do you want me to drive or do you want to drive? Um, what do you say? I did it. I said, I'm going to drive. <clears throat> After watching him mud bog the day before, I thought, well, at least I know that the truck can do it. So we took off and we got out of there fine and we went to the first turn and that first trip the first mile was fine then we turned on to the next road and it was soft again it started getting softer and you could see there, there was a truck that had gone in front of me so we could see his tracks in the in the road and there were spots that were just mud puddles that you'd have to splash through and so it started to get bad on this road and that was probably six miles six, on that six road. miles and then we had to turn again and, and then and when we were coming up to the turn um when we were coming up to the turn, we were looking at the corner and I said, hey, uh, it looks kind of muddy there. She goes, no, that's on the other side of the corner. That's like in. So if you went straight, you were in a field access road out. And the guy's like, don't take that. People see it all the time. They go straight out in this guy's field. You got to turn. So she's like, well, that's over in the field access road. And as we get closer to the corner, it was not. It was the whole intersection. Intersection. Uh, the whole corner was just a mud hole. 
uh, and we had to slow down enough to take the corner. She handled it like a pro. We got around the corner and uh, started driving up this. I mean, it was going to be like 12 miles more. And um, man, it was it was touch and go. It was some really bad spots. There were some really decent spots. Um, she made it. She made it to pavement. Uh, once we made it to pavement, we we're like, "Woo, we're good. We're good." Get up and washed all the mirrors and windows off so I could see again because everything was just coated in mud. I mean, it was over. So I had to put the windshield wipers on at one point because the puddles we were hitting were yeah. so big that it was splashing up over the whole truck. And yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Would not recommend. Yeah, don't <laughs> not recommend. Uh, we make the 175 mile trip. It was super easy. Uh, the next site we got to in Kansas, super easy to get into. The host was phenomenal. Uh, she was super nice and uh, exactly what we needed that day. We were a little stressed out. She gave us the lowdown and then disappeared and said, if you need anything, let us know. That's our type of host. Um, I know how to contact them. And if I need to, I do. But they left us alone. Uh, she did mention that there was a brewery in town. Uh, just opened up a local uh, microbrew. And so we thought we'd give it a try. Um I got to reach out to the guy. Uh, I've gotten some, some, some suggestions after I, I kind of tore him apart on the episode the next day that uh, maybe I should reach out. Maybe he didn't know uh, what was going on, but the guy had line sanitizer in his cans. Uh, his beer tasted like chemical shit. And um, I wasn't real happy because it was expensive. I kind of vented a little bit. Uh, I am going to email the guy, let him know. Uh, let him know. And I, I really assume that when he's bottling that he's really trying to conserve product and he probably didn't flush it quite enough. And we got the first of the cans. So I think it was bad roll of the dice and it was good until the aftertaste. Like you could t tell the beer was probably good if it did, wasn't full of line sanitizer. So uh, other than that, the state was really cool. The site was nice. It was old farm. Uh, great sunrises and sunsets. Yeah, when we got there, she told us if we wanted to, we could wash off our camper from all the mud <laughs> yeah. that we had on it. And she gave us a book to sign um, with a little bit of like where what our story is, where we're from. And so we signed that and gave her some stickers in there. And yeah, that, that was, was a cool. Good site. That was a cool site. It was a cool site. Um, it was easy, and we were worried because we hit dirt roads, and we were worried it was going to be wet. Uh, dry, hard, compact, and no problems at all. No sliding, no slipping, no nothing. So this, we had flies still. Still had flies at this. And you went to the store. Oh yeah, I went to the store. <laughs> so when I was going into the brewery, I had to get gas, and uh, I rolled up, and it was a co-op. It had like two gas pumps, and then like a farm store. I'm like, these people got fly traps. I know they do. So I walk into this place, and it was kind of like your everything uh, farm store, like a tractor supply, but generic. And um, I'm looking around and there's nobody in this place, like no music on, no uh, nothing, like my feet are echoing as I'm walking through. And uh, all of a sudden this dude comes flying out of the back room. Hey, how's it going? Scared the living shit out of me. I'm like, I'm good. Uh, you got anything for flies? He's like, yep. Best seller right up at the counter. We walk up there and he starts taking apart and telling me how to use this outdoor fly trap. And I'm thinking, you know, the flies are bad enough. It might be worth it to do it inside. And then he's like, but don't put it next to where you want to sit and drink beer because it smells like shit, man. It really does. It smells like shit. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to use that inside the camper. So that's not an option. Do you have like a fly strip? I'm, I'm willing to go old school fly strip. 
uh, no, this is all they had. And uh, so I said, you got any spray? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this stuff. He's like, but you're going to want to get out of there for a couple hours after you spray it. We spray her in the scale room up in the in the feed mill, and uh, we leave her sit overnight, and then we got no flies in the morning. And I was like, yeah, I really can't do that. I'm, I'm trying to live in my camper, and the fact that it you don't want to be in there, I don't want to be in there the next day or any time after I spray that in there. So, no, um, we're dealing with flies again. So, still have the flies, and we're literally killing dozens of these yeah. things a we night two fly swatters going at a time just yeah like, each of us sitting yeah. with a fly swatter not sitting and hitting flies like hunting and stalking them around the camper uh, every time we would open it up you just thought that at some point you'd get them all but you'd turn around and there'd be 10 more and you're like what the heck yeah and then when we would get there going and the temperature would lower in the camper they'd slow way down and you'd think they were dead and then the next day it would warm up before we'd leave and they'd like they would literally start flying again Bad, bad. So we wanted to get as many states as possible. Uh, what did we do in order to get Oklahoma? I think that was probably our longest driving yep. day we've ever done. Yeah, we did uh, the 375 miles to Pawhuska, Oklahoma. Pawhuska, Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, I know James drives like 500 miles a day. Uh, we drive 375. We try to drive 200, 250 at the most. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. One is the limit gas fill-ups because it's a pain in the ass to fill our rig. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, the gas stations sometimes just don't fit. Uh, two is we like to uh, leave plenty of time in case we get stuck like we did in Colorado. We have a flat tire like we did in Arkansas on our trip from, uh, from Texas to Tennessee. Uh, something goes wrong. We get lost. Uh, things like that. We like to be able to have issues and still get a good night's sleep, still get to the site at four o'clock in the afternoon. So we try to travel three hours, three to four hours most, and we only drive 65 max. Our trailer tires are rated to 65. Uh, so when we do a, a trip tick, when we set distance on Google Maps and it's down the interstate at 80 miles an hour and it says it's going to be two hours, that's like three and a half for us because we're going 65 that whole time. So it is what it is. Um, those are the reasons why James says he doesn't judge. No, but people like I drove for a living as a service tech and the miles that I would drive. And then we were calculating trips and we really realized that we, that's our max. Like if we could do 200, maybe 225 a day and make it work, that's perfect. We also don't have to let our dogs out during that time. Like right. it's a short enough drive that we can load them up and then wait until we're completely set up to take them out of the truck. They don't have to go to the bathroom if we travel. Right. Short. We can, we can drop the trailer, leave the truck on with the air on. They just lay down, go to sleep. We get the camper all set up, get the air conditioning running. If that's needed, the fans going, then we get them out of the truck, let them go to the bathroom and they go in the camper. Um, otherwise we'd have to stop. And it's a circus. Like if we stop at a gas station and we have to get them out to go to the bathroom, it is a circus unless the place is empty. And even if the place is empty, it won't be empty by the time we're, we get them going to the bathroom because everybody needs to stop and see them. Everybody. Even when they don't get out of the car, it's a shit show and a circus. People walk by, they point, they come up and talk to us with the dogs just like literally Cujo in the truck 
barking, drooling, slobbering, like they're going to rip your face off. And people are walking up going, oh, my God, they're so cute. <laughs> like, he wants to kill you, lady. He wants to rip your face off. You do realize that, right? And he could do it. <laughs> so, I mean, it makes sense for us, our travel days. 375 was a tank of a day. Uh, we were hoping that it would be, it was easy to start. Uh, what a great way to start. That site was easy to get out of, easy roads, get on the highway. Um, and it was good for 340 miles. Yeah. I mean, do you want to talk about then, how much yeah, fun it then was? Then it just started, the GPS started cutting me through, like, turn here and go half a mile, then take a left and go a quarter mile, and then take a right and go, and it was just like this zigzag through, it was like the highway ended and then restarted miles later, but it had to, like, jog me through to it didn't get back have to. on the highway. If you, well, if you zoom back out of the map, there was a direct route. But for some reason, both our GPSs wanted us to take us uh, through all these zigzag county road highways and all that. Uh, so we battled that. Uh, we got too close to the site. The GPS didn't take us to the right location. Uh, it was a ranch, like a working ranch, like hundreds of acres, 600 acres or something like that. Um, and this road was like through the ranch. So it was through multiple ranches. It was through multiple ranches, actually. So... Uh, when we finally got a hold of the owner, because again, there was no service. We were out in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. Um, we ended up connecting with her. Uh, we went down some sketchy roads that Corey said were not appropriate for the camper. Uh, I drove it in the truck afterwards. I think Corey might have been a little tired and cranky uh, by the time we got there because it wasn't horrible. It was like, sketchy. It was sketchy. I'm not going to say that. I don't like going on bridges that look like they're made out of two by fours and there's no weight restriction anywhere. Like I just, it makes me a little nervous. They're also super you just, dippy. You just got to go and really fast. the back of the trailer doesn't, you know, it's a lot longer and it just sometimes doesn't feel like it's going to fit. Anyway, we made it through the sketchy part and she did a great job again driving through that. Uh, we hooked up with the owner. We found her. Uh, she took us to our site, and um, what happened? We pulled up, and it was up this grass hill, and then there was a big spot to turn around. Well, a spot to turn around. And so I pulled up, and we wanted to be able to get out of there in the morning. So we wanted to turn the camper completely around. And when I was doing that, I turned a little too hard and we have this little light on the front of our camper and I cranked it too hard and smashed that light with the topper of the truck. So that cracked. And then once we were in our spot, getting everything set up, we realized that when I had actually turned in to pull up the hill there, I scraped the back stabilizer and bent that. So now that's crooked too. It still worked, but <laughs> but it was a little crooked. And so we finally got everything set up there. We didn't use the air conditioning. We weren't set up. Well, we did. We had. We uh, were getting set up, and then I busted a <laughs> hole on the side of the camper, too. Um, so I may, I may have been a little irritated. I may have been a little upset that now the tailgate of the truck's broken. The air conditioner doesn't work with the, the generator, and we have no power here. I didn't realize that. Um, when we were on our way, I thought we had hookups. Uh, it was going to be hot 
borderline where we, well, we really should have had the air for the dogs, but borderline for even for us. And so I was a little irritated about that. Um, then the stabilizer, I went to put that down and it was all cranked up and that had irritated me a little bit more after she had already broken the light on the, on the front of the camper. And I'm just seeing the list of shit that I have to fix go up and up and up. And I was taking stuff out of the garage and I had a can of uh, bug spray in my hand, you know, the little cylinder cans. And I tripped in on a stubble of grass or a tuft of grass and I fell against the camper and my, the palm of my hand was right on the bottom ring of the can and it literally popped a hole in the siding like a big C. And it was so loud, it popped through that siding and I looked at it and I just shook my head and I kept setting up. And after I came inside, Corey's like, what's going on? I said, there's a big hole on the side of the camper I got to fix. And I'm thinking I had done something else. She thought she did it. Great, what else did I do? (laughs) And so I told her what happened and I was able to fill it with silicone that I had, get that taken care of. We taped up the light because we didn't want any water getting into that because it had exposed electrical. Um, I was able to crank the stabilizer and and push it enough to be able to make it work for the rest of the trip. Uh, and these things are just all on the fix it list for uh, the reason we're staying in Tennessee probably for the winter is one, to uh, fix everything that went wrong. And two is experienced Tennessee winter. But. Oh, and we forgot to mention like on day two of our trip, um, I noticed oh, yeah. that the outside, just in two spots on the outside, the siding as we were driving down the highway was like poofing out with the wind. It would just like go out, I don't know, maybe two inches from the camper. And it was just camper. in one little spot, just on one section. So I was watching that the whole time, waiting for the siding to just peel off the camper. Yep, yep. So that was something. We saw somebody with a, with a balloon roof. Yep, yep. Um, while we were driving and that's something we're always scared of happening. Um, so, you know, it was what it was. Uh, we were really angry. We had a really bad, really long day. A lot of stuff went bad for us and we kind of took it out on the owner, like didn't take it out on the owner, but we blamed the site. And, um, that's a reason why we kind of, one of the reasons we wait to review the sites for a while. Um, we realized that, man, the site was perfectly fine for somebody that wanted to tent camp, that had a small camper, something like that. We had a shitty day. We had a long drive. We had bad signal. And uh, the site was what it was. And it was what it was advertised. It was $20 to stay there. So um, it was really nice. So we spent the night. We didn't use the air. We used fans all night with the, with the generator. Uh, we had a ton of fans on. It was comfortable enough. Uh, we made it through and uh got up the next morning we had only 150 miles to go up into the ozarks uh to a stop we were going to stay for four more days uh we had to sit down again corey had worked when we were in wasta for two days in the gravel pit uh after her parents left she had to work monday and tuesday while i was running around doing stuff uh then she also had to work monday and tuesday in pineville missouri um so we decided we were going to stay there for four days she the site has electric and water hookups it was going to be easy to do uh we were glad we had that because it was going to be really hot like 99 100 degrees every day we were there um we were looking and saying it was 150 miles this is going to be a really easy day turns out it was 150 miles straight up the diamond mountain um and yeah 
it was a cool sight though. We uh, we got up there. Uh, Melissa Jean, the Mushroom Queen, uh, welcomed us. She came out of the house in her sports bra and uh, little um, cotton shorts. Came over and said, "Hey, welcome to the site." Gives Corey a big hug. Uh, I was like, "Hey, this is a fun site." And she says, "There's only one rule: no fighting. Everything else, smoke, dope, drink, whatever you want to do, just no fighting." There is a hot tub over there. There's a sign next to it that says get naked. I encourage you to, but it's not required. Um, yeah, Melissa Jean, she's got a cool site. I wish it wasn't a million degrees there the whole time we were there and uh, we didn't get to experience the hot tub. Uh, the hot tub had an awesome sunrise, a sunset view uh, from the pictures I've seen. We, uh, it, man, it was like 90 degrees still at sunset. There was no way I'm getting a hot tub. It was a really cool place. Um, while we were there, we uh, I think we realized while we were there, the flies were starting to get less. Yep. But we also realized that we had run into some chiggers. Um, we started getting, and I don't know if you've ever experienced chigger bites. Uh, we did here in Tennessee, and we realized real quick that that's something you don't want to mess with. Uh, we learned how to mitigate it in Tennessee. We were not warned. Um, we're not, we're trying to backtrack and figure out if it was Oklahoma, uh, or Missouri where we picked them up, but holy shit, we didn't, we were traveling. We didn't, um, we didn't wash off as much as normal and we didn't know they were present. So we didn't know to shower, uh, after we walked the dogs and things like that. We are suffering still <laughs> with these bites. Um, holy crap. So we're thinking it was probably Oklahoma walking through the ranch, through the fields. Um, maybe it was uh, Missouri, but hopefully they're on the downslide. Usually it's like two weeks. We're getting there. We're getting close. It's horrible. Uh, have to, I have to take Walter to the vet tomorrow. We're not sure. It might have been sugar bites that got him all messed up too. So whew, it's, uh, it's nothing you want to experience. Uh, can't hold that against the site. That's just nature. Uh, the site was cool. Uh, it was really nice. It was um, right up in the mountains. Would have been a really cool site. We might try to hit back uh, in the fall. It is only two stops away for us. Um, that's nice when we get kind of close. We know we can make a two-day trip out to someplace like this for stay for a couple of days. It'd be really nice to, to see in the fall, I think. And the winter even uh, was probably pretty cool up there with the hot tub as long as we could get our rig up and down that hill. Right. So it was a pretty, pretty steep hill in and out of there. So. That was a cool stay. We stayed for four days. Um, on Wednesday of that week, Corey worked a half day, and I got to be on the Survival Podcast, which was really cool. Um, yeah, I've been listening. That was kind of one of the podcasts I started listening to. So that was uh, that was a really cool event uh, I got to do while we were there. It was super hot, um, and we were ready to be home. Uh, that was five days in a row that we traveled. We had stuff going sideways. We got stuck. We had things breaking left and right. Uh, we just wanted to get home. We knew our next stop um, very well. We stayed there for a week. We knew it was going to be an easy in, easy out. Uh, I called ahead or I contacted the owner. I said, I know you got a couple of electric sites. Do you have any available for this night? Uh, I knew our generator. I didn't want to uh, worry about it. And it was supposed to be hot that night. It was supposed to not get below like 80 at night, uh, that doesn't work for our dogs. Like it can't happen that way. Gary was kind enough to uh, book me an electric site for an extra couple bucks when I got there. 
and um, man, we we stayed. It was um, it was an easy drive there. Uh, two major highways, boom, boom. It was uh, like 275 miles, so it was still a little longer. But uh, interstate gas stations were fine. Uh, and there's a pizza place at this. It's Hayes in Arkansas. Uh, Will's Pizzeria downtown is fantastic. I knew that. We had had it when we stayed there before, so I was excited that uh, on the way out of town, we got pizza a couple stops out, and on the way back, we got it right before we got back to Tennessee. So that was exciting. We ordered extra, uh, had it the next day and stuff. But when I got back from getting pizza, <laughs> I, uh, I I got back, I got out of the truck, and I was walking, and I looked down at the, dra- the driveway where I had parked, and there was some oil on the driveway. And I, uh, I glanced at it and I went, oh, shit, really? Really? And I thought to myself, you know, we've had a bunch of shit go sideways. There's a lot of rigs to park here. It's probably not mine. It's not engine oil because it's too far back um, from where we were parked. I was looking at the trailer. I took the pizza inside. We ate dinner. And I went back out to investigate. And I said, hey, Corey, I saw some oil. I'm going to go look. Man, it was coming right from that rear pumpkin. Uh, that rear differential in the truck had a big old drip on the bottom of it. And, man, I didn't know how long it had been how much it had leaked, what the oil level was. And this was like five o'clock at night. There was nobody open. There was no garages open. Uh, The guys online, James, thanks from Gingerbread Farms, all the guys in the chat, uh, just talking about it and walking through it, kind of calmed us down. But man, that's our life. That's, That's how we were getting back to Tennessee. We didn't have another vehicle to hook on to our trailer. Um, we only had this site for one night. So man, if we were, if we were dead in the water, we were kind of screwed. I looked up, uh, a place to take it, to have it looked at before we left in the morning. Uh, I talked about it this morning on the show. Great guy. Um, good old boy for sure. Good old boy mechanic. Uh, garage was out behind his house. They looked at it. We uh, checked the oil level. Everything was good got his advice. He said, you should be fine for how far you got to go. And, uh, had a great conversation. Really, really, really nice guy. And, uh, so the truck was okay. The truck was okay. That was good. We got pizza. Um, it was something that could be put off until we got back. Um, we said, okay, we can do this. Uh, was there anything else at that site? I, it's pretty straightforward. That's... That was the one where we had that cool truck camper. Next oh yeah. Door. Yeah. 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 Uh, while we were parked there, there were two traveler pull-through spot, spots next to each other that had electric hookups. We had a truck camper pull in next to us that was absolutely phenomenal. It was enormous. It had three slides. It was squatting a uh, F450 um, dually. It was squatting this truck, and uh, it was impressive. Uh, Corey talked to the guy that owned it, uh, found out some cool stuff about him at anything cool enough to mention i'm not sure yeah no they were just traveling um they've been traveling for the last 14 years since they retired 14 years yeah, yeah. yeah. so they've been on the road quite a while but they do have a permanent place um a permanent camper set up in florida that they go back to when they're not wanting to travel so yeah it's fun to talk to them it's it was like uh seeing that was future goals like that would have been really cool um Fox something in bed camper. It was um, 
Yeah, it wasn't in the bed camp. It wasn't in the bed, but I don't know if it was a fox. It was. Oh. Uh, I don't remember what. I the don't name know of the it was. brand. No, I don't know. The it was. Brand. It was pretty cool. It was. Uh, it was pretty intense. And didn't get to see inside it. The guy said that I would be able to stand up in it at six five. He said you wouldn't be real comfortable, but you definitely could stand up straight. So that's a big. That's a big truck camper. And he said, he said it took some getting used to driving that thing, being so top heavy. Yeah. So we hung out there for the night. We really like Gary's spot. That is our spot. Uh, like we said, when we left, that Oakdale, Illinois spot is our spot when we go north. Uh, Gary's spot in Hazen is our spot if we go west from here. Uh, easy in, easy out, nice and flat. Gary is a fantastic owner. Uh, taught, chatted with him again when we stopped here this time. We stayed there for a week last time, a night this time, and I would recommend it to anybody traveling on, what is that, 40? Yep. I-40 in Hazen, just uh, just east of Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, yeah, if you need uh, if you need the name of the place, look at, uh, message me. I'll get it for you. I'm not really sure. H&G. H&G. Search camping in Hazen. It's like a mile off the highway. It's perfect. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So we had uh, 225 miles left. And uh, Corey's knuckles wouldn't hurt any more than it did when we got home. <coughs> I tried to keep her calm the whole way. Um, man, she was nervous. And so was I. I'm not going to lie. I, I was nervous, too. I tried a little light humor when we stopped for gas. I said, hey, you know, it's still dripping. That means there's still some in there. She didn't find that very funny. Um, it was a long drive. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to lie. It was a long, stressful drive. All we wanted to do was make it back and get set up here in Saltillo, where we have this spot reserved now through May. I think when we got back, we ended up reserving it through May. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to stay here the whole time, but uh, we have a spot to come back to um, if we need to stop and do work. We have hookups here. We have water, electric, and sewer. And um, <laughs> James says that Detroit 60 only stops leaking oil when it runs out. Well, that's what I was trying to convince her of was as long as it's dripping, there's some in there. Um, once it stops dripping, we're not good. Uh, but anyway, 225 miles. We made it. We rolled in. Um, the mood got a little lighter when we got here. Uh, even if things broke on the way, we knew we got to park and we had some time to fix things. Uh, and... Yeah, it was we went pretty smooth. We were able to adjust the camper a little bit and hopefully have decent Starlink. Uh, we're an hour and 23 minutes into this. I think we've had one little cutout. Uh, morning show was good this morning. I think I had one cutout at the end. Uh, we are doing way better than before we left. We're still looking into a pole setup for the Starlink to make it a little better when we do have a tree site. Uh, that is going to be on order. Uh, we've come to the conclusion of a ton of stuff from the trip that we've realize that we want on the road, different practices uh, that we're going to follow and procedures, things like that. And uh, yeah, some equipment and lots of repairs, lots, lots of repairs. Lots of repairs. Uh, like I said, in, in when we were talking earlier, the thumbnail is a beat up, beat up boxer uh, that was victorious. We are beat up. We were beat up. We were tired. We were really exhausted. We were, we realized that we traveled too many days in a row uh, without stopping uh, we beat the shit out of the equipment. We beat the shit out of ourselves and we're excited to sit down for a little while, recoup, um, fix the things that we broke, improve the things that we didn't break and need to be improved. 
I got a laundry list, guys. Um, it, it looks like we're going to simulcast Thursday night. Uh, I've been going back and forth whether I was going to do a uh, kind of look ahead for the channel with all the stuff I have to fix. Uh, we're kind of going to go a little different direction than we had started. Um, that was another purpose of this trip was kind of uh, evaluate what we're going to do over the next six months, uh, uh, goals we were going to have, things like that. I was going to lay that out on Thursday night, but it looks like uh, the interview, the show I'm going to be on uh, with one of my former interviewees, I'll be able to simulcast to the channel. So I'll probably talk about it this weekend or this week in the mornings, uh, lay out what we're looking at as far as the direction of the lots project, what we're doing, uh, kind of the goals we set for ourselves through spring. Uh, I think it was kind of where we laid out to spring. We have some things we want to get accomplished, things like that. So um, it was a good trip. It was. It was a really good trip. I enjoy any time I get to spend with Corey, uh, any adventure we get to go on. We got to see some cool things. We got to spend a ton of time in the car together, which we love. Um, even when we don't like each other, uh, we enjoy the time together. And uh, it, when we do like each other, it's even better. And uh, we do really, really, really well with traveling. So um, The dogs did really good on this trip, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Gingerbreads asked, do you use a three-quarter socket and a drill with the stabilizers? And what do you use to find level? Uh, I just use a, uh, what is that? Probably a 24-inch wall level or just a normal level in the camper. Uh, we use a hand um, a hand crank three-quarter socket. Uh, I don't use the, the stabilizers to level. We use uh, Anderson levelers if it's extreme or just uh, uh, if it's only a quarter inch or so, we'll use like plywood, plywood sheets that we carry around for um, blocks to set uh, the stabilizers on. And then once we're level uh, side to side, front to back, then I block up and, and put the stabilizers down in the corners just to keep it from rocking more than um, leveling. If we're an eighth of an inch on a level, like when we're traveling and we're only going to be there for a day, an overnight or anything, we get it close. Um, really, uh, we actually, if it's going to rain, we actually prefer to be a little tilted uh, so we get the water to run off in the direction we want. Um, but yeah, I don't really necessarily level with the stabilizers. It's more the Andersons and then the, the hitch jack. So that hope that answers the question. <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's great. We love traveling. Um, we really realize that um, our favorite m method of traveling is travel on a Saturday, sit down till the next Saturday. That really is what we like to do. We like to travel, spend a week. Um, if we can do, if we have to do two days and spend a week, three days at the very most, and at least three days after we go three days, I think is uh, reasonable. But our, our preferred is definitely uh, a decent travel day, 200 miles, and then sit for a week or three days or four days. Um, equipment seems like it better too. We have very we have a lot less problems when we do that. So we also noticed that the truck was sagging a little bit again on this trip, or yeah. seemed to be. Yeah. So we're gonna look at the back. We had timbers installed in the back. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Do they smash out? <laughs> Do they wear out? I don't know. We got to look into it. Yeah. James, uh, James sent me a uh, sent me a link to some shocks that that might help too. So, 
we're gonna check that out it looks like uh, it's sagging we are heavy we are pretty heavy for a truck um we're just heavy in general so it is what it is i'll figure it out and uh i don't think we're gonna pull out of here probably until uh the earliest would be after srf so we have through middle of October to really work on some stuff, get some work done. I got an appointment made to get the rear differential looked at. Actually, both differential oils are gonna get changed and the engine oil were due. So I uh, made that appointment. Checked the level today, actually, uh, this morning, and it's still good. We lost a little bit on that drive, but nothing significant. So, um, so yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. I think we'll survive. Um, now that we're back here and we can sit down and if we need to, we can stay here indefinitely. Um, we are, we are booked through May, but um, basically landowners said, man, as long as you want to stay and as long as you want to pay, um, <laughs> you're good. So yeah, we're, uh, we're golden now. We got plans, got plans going forward. So anyway, you got anything else to add on this, um, on this whole uh, adventure, this trip recap? No, I think that pretty much sums it all up. So, um, Red Flyer Media says changing differential oil is easy, but oh my God, it's nasty. Yeah, um, I would love, I would love to change it. I don't want to do it. Uh, I don't have all my, I don't have the tools I would want. I don't have a, a precision torque wrench or a small torque wrench to torque those bolts back. And uh, man, it, it, the seal is bad. The plate seals bad. I don't necessarily want to deal with the RTV or finding the right gasket. I would love to do it. I, I would love to. Um, I, I kind of went over it with the, the guy um, that checked it out for us. And if I had a lift, I would do it all day long. If I had a shop, if I was back in Minnesota and I had all my tools, I'd probably do it. But man, I got a recommendation from the landowner. The shop down the road is, uh, is pretty good. And that's where they take their vehicles. So we made an appointment. And I think they're busy because it's going to be a week and a half, really, until we get in. So it is what it is. It does stink like stink to high hell, though. I'll tell you that when I checked the oil level and uh, I didn't have gloves on or anything, I and I just kind of wiped it off with my fingers. And man, I smell that stuff. And yeah, it's gross. It's gross for sure. Um, James says uh, it's probably your load lever and springs wearing in. Next time you need to hook onto the ball then use the tongue jack to lift the back of the truck up so you can get another click on the leveling bars. Um, and he said 80, 90 is nasty. Yeah, it's nasty gear oil. I understand what you're saying, lifting the truck up with, uh, with the, the uh, ball jack for sure, or the tongue jack. I understand now what you're saying. You, you tried to explain it the other day and I didn't catch it. And now I, I know what you're saying. And uh, yeah, I'll have to try that. Does that automatically click in as you raise that up? Is that a self, a self adjusting kind of like the trailer brakes, or is that something that I will have to adjust myself as I pick it up? Um, yeah, Red Flyer says I did it on your on her bus. She did it on her bus and learned the hard way. Jacked it up, then laying on the ground to access everything. Yeah, I crawled under there. At least our uh, F-250 sits up high enough that I can slide under there, no problem. I got plenty of room to crawl around. And um, yeah, and I can get under there and check that level, no problem. And uh, if I had to change it, that's something that is uh, being added to the, the supply list. Um, 
it's being added in to carry uh, some differential fluid just in case we end up with a leak again and I can check it. And if I need to top it off, I can. That is not something that we had with us. And if it happened to be too low or empty or uh, gone, I wouldn't even had anything to limp it to a garage uh, to keep that lubricated. So yeah, it's going to go on the list and uh, always living and learning and experiencing and learning new things. So Hey, we're an hour and a half. We, we thought it'd be between an hour and two with the length of that trip. So I think uh, we wrap her up and, uh, and get out of here and uh, get on with our night. So I appreciate you guys watching and uh, hopefully you enjoyed the, the recap. If you have any questions or comments, you can leave them in the video description uh, or in the video comments, or you're always welcome to email me at info at thelotsproject.com. Check us out on Telegram at t.me slash lots chat or uh, t.me slash lots feed uh, for the chat and the, the channel feed. Uh, other than that, guys, I'll be back again tomorrow morning for the morning show, 6 a.m. Central, uh, possibly with a Tinfoil Tuesday episode from Kyle, the Backwood Butcher. He said he's working very hard on it, that he hasn't done this much research and writing since high school. So we'll see what the young man can come up with. Uh, this is kind of a tryout for him. Uh, it's a trial by fire, and uh, we'll see what he comes up with. So join me tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 6 to 7 is when we do it. If you like this episode, be sure you consider sharing it with others. You can find it at thelotsproject.com or on Noster Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great night, guys, and we'll catch up with you again in the morning.